It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. It is Friday, and welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations. Thrilled that we'll, we have in studio with me good friend Helen Raleigh. Uh, she's an author, she's a speaker, uh, she writes for The Federalist, uh, just uh, all around really um, impressive person, uh, and it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Kim. So, and this show precipitated, we were together for lunch one day, and we were talking about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Amazon. And I I made a statement, you pushed back, we're like, we need to do a show about that. So here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So, and then we'll also be talking about something that uh, that you're you're kind of kicking around this idea of an angel parents' day. So we'll talk about that in the third and fourth segment as well. So, it's great to have you here. Thank you. And uh, uh, and then in the second segment, we will be talking with Michael Sandoval. Uh, he is the editor of Western Wire, and he he uncovered some very interesting information that uh, Governor Polis apparently is being influenced by outside groups. Duh. Duh. Big shock. (laughs) So we'll talk about that as well. So first of all, uh, be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests and topics and important events. And then uh, Stand for Colorado, our big rally that we are doing down at the Capitol next Friday. It's next Friday, just one week from today. And there's concurrent uh, Stand for Colorado rallies in, excuse me, in Grand Junction, uh, Alamosa, Gunnison. I think there will be some others to announce as well. But basically, excuse me, I'm, I'm just having a morning here. Uh, um, Helen, we, I, I think that if you have been offended and triggered by what has been going on down at the State House, then uh, I think that you'll want to be at the Stand for Colorado rally. This is going to be an intersectionality of all these different issues uh, that have people concerned. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a really big day. It sounds, it sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. So we have some uh, additional speakers that I will announce today, uh, and that is Deb Flora. She's with uh, uh, Salem Media, and she'll be talking about parental rights. Susan Kochevar, my partner, and, and she's the owner of 88 Drive-In Theater, she'll be, uh, she'll be talking about business bills, forced minimum wage. And uh, let's see, there was another one that I wanted to announce. But this is, uh, you know, I think we'll do the rest of those probably on Monday or Tuesday. But just very quickly, Barb Kirkmeyer, uh, the uh, Well County Commissioner, who is, is pushing back on, on 181, the oil and gas bill. Juliana Day, who's really organized against the hypersexuality of our kids. She's going to be speaking. Don Wilson, who is um, one of the two people spearheading the national popular vote question on the ballot. He's the mayor of Monument. He'll be there. Uh, Rose Puglisi, who's his cohort on that, and she is a Mesa County Commissioner. She's handling the Stanford, Colorado rally out in Grand Junction. Patty Kurgan, former member of the Pay Equity Commission, she'll be talking about uh, some different business bills. Pastor Christine Uwazera Coleman, who survived the Rwandan uh, genocide, will be giving the invocation. Britta Horn, 
Natalie Minton, uh, CU Regents Heidi Ganahl and uh, Sue Sharkey, Heather Laudenpera regarding this forced vaccination bill, and we've got good news on that. Amy Oliver Cook, Will County Sheriff Steve Reams, uh, let's see, Carol Baker, pharmacist regarding prescription drugs, Tina Francone, former, uh, let's see, Jefferson County Commissioner, Jan Cook uh, with Get Her Done Right. She'll be talking about this forced uh, voter registration. It's going to be a big day. Sounds like it's it. going to be like speed dating. It's it's going to be speed issues. Everybody gets three minutes to talk about it. And with all this wonderful women in Colorado, that's exciting. Isn't that exciting? We only have a couple of guys. It's primarily women. And uh, I'm not really a sexist, but, you know, it's, I thought it would be, would be great to uh, showcase some of these amazing women. Yes, con- especially uh, conservative women. We don't get a lot of uh, exposures to the mainstream media. We hardly get any. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, it's going to be really a great day. So. Let's jump in here. Your inspiration for today. And it comes from Maggie Thatcher, Prime Minister of Britain from 1979 to 1990. She says, and you know what, Helen, you can appreciate this hard work. She says, I do not know anyone who has gotten to the top without hard work. That is the recipe. It will not always get you to the top, but it'll get you pretty darn near. So that's uh, Maggie Thatcher. You'll get pretty close to the top if you work hard. And you know that. I mean, your story is so amazing. Thank you. And so are you, Kim. You are one of the hardest working person I've ever known. <laughs> well, I, I come from Western Kansas where you work as a hobby, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but your story is pretty amazing. You immigrated from China. And uh, when you when you got here, I mean, you worked in a restaurant. I, I think you said cleaning toilets. Yes, clean, you know, serving food. And then after the uh, guests left, you know, you're cleaning toilets, you're scrubbing toilets. And because, you know, the Chinese restaurant is a small business, the owners are frugal, you hire a waitress. It's basically you do everything. Right. And, and, and but you've come on. I, I mean, you've you've been in the Wall Street Journal. You write for The Federalist. You've written three or four books. Three books. Three books. Uh, You have a successful uh, financial uh, consulting firm. I mean, you truly are the story of the American dream. Thank you. Thank you. And to me, American dream is never about, you know, make it like financially. I mean, although it's, you know, it can be a part of the matrix, but really it's about that you get to live in your, to your full potential without any, without anyone or any agency sets limit to what you can do, who you can be. And uh, and, it, and you're proof of that. So it's great thank to you. have you here. Uh, today's funny, Steve. Uh, and thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, and Keith. You keep this train on the track, and I so appreciate all of you. So, Steve, are you ready? Huh? Okay. It's impossible to are make... You, are you talking to me? I'm t- <clears throat> oh, 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 that's right. Steve doesn't have any coffee this morning, so Steve's a little lethargic. Say what? <laughs> go ahead okay i don't know before you do that though uh this is such a clever play on words you might have to do this twice okay tell the drummer then okay it's impossible to make a joke about socialism because it's not funny unless everybody gets it one more time okay helen it's impossible to make a joke about socialism because it's not funny unless everybody gets it Okay, we're going to jump into some headlines here. I tell you what, there's some amazing news. As many of you know, we have been watching this very bad bill, and that is HB uh, 1312, that forced vaccination bill. And you know what? 
It uh, died yesterday in the Senate on procedural measures, and it is astonishing. I was down at the Capitol until after 10 on Wednesday night uh, because uh, one of the Senate committees was um, taking testimony on it. It was unbelievable. There, I, I left because I had this early morning show, and I, I also ran out of battery on my phone. I wasn't expecting to go down, so I wasn't totally prepared. But I got probably a good hour of uh, video there. When I left, Helen, there were moms and dads and kids everywhere still. And uh, <laughs> it was amazing to me. There were 500 people that had signed up to speak against the bill. Oh, wow. And only 30 f- for it. And uh, Senator Lois Court, who was running the committee hearings, said that each side would get the same amount of time. And I tell you, Paul Lundeen, Senator Paul Lundeen, Senator Owen Hill, and Senator Rob Woodward, they really, I mean, they really, you could see they were standing for the people. Paul Lundeen said, are you saying uh, that basically we have 500 here and 30 here? Yeah. And they get the same amount of time. How does that that work? That doesn't seem fair. Yeah. How does that mass work? And the the interesting thing, Helen, is there have been people even reaching out to me saying, you know, I've been a Democrat my whole life, but I thought the Democrat Party was the one that stood for me. And when they saw what Senator Paul Lundin and and Senator Owen Hill and Rob Woodward did, they're like, wait a minute, it's actually been the Republicans here that are are standing for us. I have to also interject, though, there was another Republican that was a sponsor of this bill. So... We have to elect Republicans that are, you know, I want to say true Republicans, Republicans that care about limited government and the power of the individual to do what you said, to have to go after your your opportunity, your hopes and your dreams and care for life, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Yes. And we really saw that on Wednesday night. And then yesterday, this this will be back. Okay. Bear in mind, this will be back. And so, Helen, I want to ask you this question. We have all kinds of headlines, but I have to ask you this question because I've thought a lot about this. As we are planning for this Stand for Colorado rally, I've chosen speakers regarding, and each of them will be speaking to a piece of legislation. And it's going to be three minutes. People are going to learn a lot. It's important to come together to uh, show that we stand together. And so over here, what we saw is people on this this House Bill 1312, this, this uh, forced vaccination bill, people are saying, wait a minute, I don't want government in between, you know, forcing something into my child's body. I want to be able to talk to my doctor and to be able to make that choice. And I don't want my kids on a whole database. But yet then those same principles go to whether or not you believe in the Second Amendment or whether or not you believe that government you know, should be using all this force to kick out the oil and gas industry. There truly is an intersectionality on this. But what the left has done, uh, the far left has done, is they take something that people perceive as good, whether or not it's a, a vaccination to vaccinate kids against childhood diseases or, you know, clean air, clean water, uh, you, know, uh, um, you know, getting guns out of the hands of crazy people. Okay, right. they take something that I think most people would say is good, and then they take that and, and they, they create legislation, they create laws, regulations that actually stamp down and take away freedom. And it's been a while for me to kind of get my brain around that. Yeah, it, they have a tendency to take a situation and weaponize it and 
it, it is very troubling because, but that's the way how they approach it, right? They always start with a good intention. But, we, you know, we all heard the saying that the, the road to hell was paid off by good intentions. Just because you have a good intention can, does not justify, uh, you know, to force all, everybody to act the same way or going down, accepting the same situation. Because we are all different. That's the beauty of America is our founding father recognized we are all different individuals. That's why they set up a system that recognizes our individuality and to create a system allow individual flourishment. And what, that, what the far left does is they want to turn around. They want to treat us as interchangeable. Assets, basically. And I had a conversation with somebody recently. They said, well, you know, I'm sure that many of these bills are well-intentioned. And this person pulled back and said, wait a minute. They are not well-intentioned. I think they're taking the good intentions of people and then putting forth legislation that will allow them power and control. So their intentions never were really good over there, I don't think. Well, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I feel like sometimes... I, I do talk. I talk to some of the Democrat um, legislators. I do. I, I think it's a case by case basis. I think some of them do have good intentions. Um, it's just the way they're approaching things is it's one size fits all, okay. right? If they want to solve something, it's always about one size fits all. And w- what they do not realize is one, when you try to take the one size fits all approach, then you take the freedom away. You take individuality away. You do not treat each one of us as a different individual. You treat us as a commodity, something you can, you know, um, manipulate and justify with a one-size-fits-all approach. And that's where it leads to tyranny, basically. Okay. I think a very good point. You always make really good points. I can see that this debate or this discussion, we're going to, conversation we're going to have in three and four, it's going to be very interesting. It's so good to have you here, Helen Raleigh. We're going to go to break because we have Michael Sandoval on the line. But before we do that, okay, the series between the Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers is tied at one all. The next game is tonight in Portland. Woohoo. And you are an Avalanche fan. A huge Avalanche fan. I know you are. Go so, Avs! So you are jazzed about last night. The Avs beat the Sharks 3-0. The series is evened at two games each. Game five is Saturday in San Jose. And then the Rockies begin a nine-game homestand tonight. The first three games with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Helen, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It is a great Woo-hoo. place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wing days. All the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine, and the smoked wings are delicious. And you can feel good about them because they're half the calories. Good. So uh, Hooters wings can fly. You can have them delivered right to your front doorstep when the girls come over on Wednesday nights. I order Hooters wings, and they arrive. The girls love them. Uh, and so you can order your Hooters wings to go. You can have them delivered right to your front door. Watch the games at Hooters. Or you can stop and pick them up. Be sure and visit HootersColorado.com for more information. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the Americhicks. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Michael Sandoval. He's like um, was doing some sleuthing and found some emails that proved that Governor Polis has been influenced by outside groups. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. So we're going to go to break. When we uh, come back, we'll talk with Michael Sandoval. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful. 
And with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-517-7173. 303-517-7173. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with Remax Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. That's AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. And regarding Stand for Colorado, go to the website, StandForColorado.com. Uh, we've got all kinds of great information there. The time on this rally will be from 4 to 5.30. I initially thought that we would just kind of have a getting to know each other from 4 to 4.30, but our, we have this amazing speaker list. So I think that we'll start at 4.15, and I think I'm going to have some other surprises for you as well. So oh, we'll wow. announce those. Actually, we're not going to announce those on Monday. I'm going to take Monday off. And John Rush and the whole team is going to co-host for me. Steve, it is going to be interesting, isn't it? Most interesting. So, okay, let's jump over here with Michael Sandoval. Uh, I think that he should uh, uh, be having, you know, like one of those little eyeglasses or whatever as a detective. He uh, has been doing some sleuthing. And welcome, Michael Sandoval with uh, Western Wire. You have found out some really interesting information. Yeah, good morning, Kim. How are you? I'm good. So it looks like Governor Polis has been uh, getting some influence from some outside groups. You just uh, recently had written a piece about that. Yeah, we had uh, an open records request that we put into the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. And what we found was that the new executive director of CDPHE, Jill Ryan, um, was uh, forwarding some uh, suggestions from her previous uh, leadership spot over at Colorado Communities for Climate Action, which is an activist group of uh, Colorado Communities, um, uh, a group that's involved with the Boulder Climate Lawsuit. Um, that we heard about last year, mm-hmm. um, and and that that email that she forwarded to other folks in uh, the Colorado Department of Public Health Environment included a wish list of some policy uh, goals and policy aspirations um, that, that 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 group was passing along to their uh, former uh, president and now uh, you know CDPHE executive director, and, and 
you know, we were kind of curious about how that was going down. And uh, so it's a pretty interesting email chain. And uh, yeah, you have some some policy uh, ideas that have already sort of come to fruition already. Uh, this uh, email uh, chain began back in January, but uh, by the end of March, the Polish administration had already uh, sort of crossed off the, the top item on that checklist. And that was one getting the waiver, right, regarding the air, uh, ozone or something? Do I remember that right? Yeah, so, 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 so uh, the Hickenlooper administration had requested a waiver uh, from the EPA, and it's getting in the weeds pretty quickly, but get, requested a waiver on uh, ground-level ozone. Uh, it's one of the uh, things that heavily influence, obviously, our, our air quality in, in the Denver area, the Front Range area. Uh, but for you know folks who are maybe familiar or not familiar, um, we have a lot of ozone uh, and, and contributors to ozone emissions coming not from Colorado, not from us doing anything here, but from Mexico and China, California. Uh, and because we're a you know mountainous state, we have got we've got uh, sort of the geography. We're right sort of in the middle of the country. Uh, plus we have the mountains. Plus you know our topography. You know Denver's and the Front Range has sit in a little bit of a bowl uh, where that stuff, that those emissions can collect. Um, we, without doing anything here in Colorado, have high background ozone levels. And so that contributes to smog and that contributes to um, air quality issues before a single Coloradan does anything here. Um, well, and, Michael, to that so, point, if, so if, that, if that's, that's what the waiver was seeking. Well, and if anybody really questions what you just said about that, is remember last year when there were the fires in California? And our air here, I mean, you could visibly see that smoke from California. So if anybody questions what you just said, I mean, that's easy proof that the air here isn't just Colorado's air. Well, and the waiver was seeking things like not just the emissions from other places, but extreme events, you know, the, the kind of things, like you said, the, the fire, wildfires, especially in the summer, that, that contribute to uh, poor air quality here. Is, it's not something we can control in Colorado. And Higginloop administration wanted to acknowledge that. But the current administration uh, has said that we need to do stuff, we need to do more stuff here in Colorado, and we don't need this waiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the end of March, uh, the Polis administration, Governor Polis himself, said in the, sent a letter saying they weren't going to seek the waiver. Um, and that was one of the top policy issues discussed in this email uh, dated at the end of of January to the new CDPHE executive director. And so um, I think for you and obviously the listeners and uh, anyone who is uh, involved in uh, the regulated industries that that the current administration is obviously targeted, uh, they should be concerned. There should be some issues of transparency. There should be questions being raised about what what the influence level of is of these outside groups? Um, you know, you would you would assume that uh, you know any administration, whether you know it's the current one or if Walker Stapleton had been elected, that uh, you know people of the same uh, ideology or same political party, same you know uh, you know economic concerns would would be you know certainly communicating. But when you uncover an email like this, you kind of take a step back and say, whoa, whoa, and you've got a essentially a wish list of policy priorities and, uh, you know, what, less than two months, one of those seems to have uh, been checked off the list already. So right, and, and that is... I think there's questions for legislators to raise. I think there's questions for, you know, citizens to raise, and certainly, um, you know, CDPHE, uh, some of the other agencies that regulate uh, the most 
the top of the list uh, industries that they would be targeting, they targeted through legislation this year, oil and gas, they should be concerned. So, Michael, we have just a couple of minutes. What is the takeaway on this? What does this mean for everyday, hardworking Coloradans? Well, I think uh, the biggest concern is that when you're actually wanting the Environmental Protection Agency to come down harder on your state, uh, that really means that you're going after uh, not just oil and gas, but, I mean, in, in this, in this uh, instance, uh, a higher non-attainment uh, status, uh, which, which means um, more stringent regulations. Uh, the regulations aren't going to just, you know, target uh, oil and gas, which seems to be the thing they're going after the most, but uh, transportation, manufacturing, uh, hospitals, water treatment facilities. There are a lot of other facilities that would fall under uh, an expanded, you know, regulatory scheme uh, because of a, of a, a worse non-attainment status. Um, and instead of working with the EPA, uh, which was what the Hickenlooper administration was doing, saying, hey, you know, we've got, we've got to account for these outside emissions. We've got to account for, you know, extreme conditions like wildfires you talked about. Um, the, new, the new administration says, no, we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to ratchet it down here ourselves. And, uh, and, and bringing in the feds, um, you know, I t- we, I, we did an interview uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, the new EPA administrator. Andrew Wheeler uh, at Western Wire, and uh, you know he was he was a little concerned about that. He's uh, you know there there is a process, and EPA is, wants to work through these things. That's why Kick and Looper administration was requesting a waiver. The waivers are av- available, um, but that seems to not be the, the case here. And so you actually have a state administration wanting the feds to penalize the state more. Um, so I think that's that's the real. That's the real, you know, initial effect. And then, of course, like you said, for the average citizen, for people who work here, who have businesses here, uh, these tighter emission regulations um, that we are largely not responsible for in many cases um, are going to hurt. They're going to put the hurt on economic activity, which obviously means jobs and, and, and other, uh, you know, business development is, is at stake. So yeah. these are serious ramifications. It's way in the weeds. I know this is not something that people are just talking about all the time, but, um, yeah, some serious consequences. And I, I don't know why an administration would want to sort of self-inflict that. Um, most, most states, uh, and, and I can't think of a single state example where they are saying, no, 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 we can't do it. Just, just, you know, hit us with higher regulations. Yeah, it is. A, it's really a head scratcher. So Michael Sandoval, you're doing, uh, I mean, this is really great work on this and, and, uh, you are the managing editor for Western Wire and that's westernwire.net, westernwire.net. And would highly recommend that people follow you because you are really doing some important, and like you say, it's in the weeds, but this is something that actually is going to affect everyday people's economic prosperity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Michael Sandoval, thank you so much. Thank you. And speaking of individual economic prosperity, we've got Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management on the line with us. And Jason, how are you doing? I, I'm doing good. Did you get my text? Uh, Your joke wasn't fair. Some people got it more than others did. I didn't. Get You're out. Oh, so that's the problem with socialism, isn't it? That's right. That's okay. Right. So, so, hey, Jason, yesterday you talked about the strategy known as sell in May and go away. And that That's has some right. pretty interesting history, but it's not the same exact system for the NASDAQ, right? 
You know, that's right, Kim. The sell in May and go away I was talking about yesterday. I used the Dow as an example, um, but it's also applicable to the S&P 500. Okay. And so that takes advantage of the historically stronger versus weaker periods in the market. Yeah, that's right, Kim. As we discuss long-term, May through October has been far less productive than November through May, and the strategy basically says you can be out of the market from May to October, and long-term, you'd get about the same results as being in for the whole year. So now, of course, some uh, people and some of the pros adjusted a little bit instead of just going to cash in May to October, maybe they'll buy some bonds, uh, some defensive-type dividend stocks. Maybe they just trim back a little bit. Uh, we discussed yesterday the adjustments also that could be made depending on the year of the election cycle. So, you know, Kim, with any of these type of deals, there's always tweaks you can make. But the overall concept that the markets are less productive for growth uh, at least historically, during the May to October time period, are definitely mathematically sound. There's something to it. But it sounds like with the NASDAQ, the cycle's been found to run a little bit longer, right? Yeah, it has, actually. And that's sometimes where, uh, you know, markets act different. Uh, the stay-in period for the NASDAQ actually runs through June, Kim. So if you're holding a ETF that tracks the NASDAQ, or, uh, like the triple Qs most people will have heard of, on that one you'd wait till the last day of June to sell instead of the last day of April, which is kind of the trigger point for the Dow and S&P, but then still back in the last day of October. So Maybe instead of selling May and go away, you could call this one selling July and say bye-bye. <laughs> Good idea. Things that rhyme are easier to remember, especially for old codgers like Steve who don't laugh at my jokes. Similar numbers to be uh, what you discussed yesterday? You know, they, they are, Kim. Uh, going back to 1971, if you invested, again, 10000 in the NASDAQ, only, <clears throat> excuse me, from July through October, so over 47 years, Kim, you actually would have ended up losing $68. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Because yeah. you kind of think, well, long-term time, you always make money. But if you invest at the wrong time over the long term, I guess you don't. But now watch this. That same 10000 from November through June invested would have turned into $700,000. Well, it's very interesting how these different indexes and types of stocks behave. Uh, I guess the best response is if uh, someone asks how the market is doing, it might be which one, huh? Yeah, you, uh, yeah, which market are you referring to specifically? And I guess as with all things in life, it doesn't hurt to be as specific as possible. Uh, Kim, as I mentioned yesterday, there's investments that utilize this strategy, investments that use many other uh, good approaches. So I think it's good news. It's not too hard to implement several good ideas into your overall plan at the same time. Well, I think that that is a very good idea. So if you would like to talk to some folks about your nest egg, talk to Jason McBride and the good folks over at Presidential Wealth Management. And that website is chickspresidential.com, chickspresidential.com. Now, Jason, I'm taking Monday off.
So I you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be talking with John Rush and that whole team. So yeah, we're going to uh, talk about you. Are you going to talk about me? Well, then I'm going to be listening in. Oh, well, we figured that would be the only way you'd listen to John's show, right? <laughs> not at all, not at all. Oh, I had, to, I had to, see, I give him a hard time. I don't even know him. Well, and you too. Oh, well, I, I, it'll be an interesting morning on Monday morning, that's for sure. So, Jason, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great show, Kim. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break, and then we're going to jump into this uh, conversation with Helen Raleigh. She's an uh, uh, author, speaker, really lives the American dream. And uh, we'll talk about AOC and Amazon, and then also something that is really special to uh, Helen's heart. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. We're offering two Social Security classes in May. Our Arvada class will be held at the Apex Center Tuesday, May 7th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 10 a.m. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Straight Talk Money with Peggy Tuck, live weekday mornings 7 to 8 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. You know, Steve doesn't have his coffee, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm just a little concerned. Steve, uh, how are you doing over there on the other side of the glass? I'm dying. <laughs> I get <laughs> it. Steve. I get it. So. Uh, I'm, I mean, case in point, when Jason was about to say goodbye, I almost pushed the wrong button. I oh. And you would have been into the break a lot sooner than A lot you sooner, were. so. Okay. Planning. Well, so far, hey, we're halfway through, uh, and uh, then on Monday morning, you'll have coffee. Steve will have coffee, so. Okay, Helen Raleigh, it is so great to have you in studio. Thank you. You are an author, speaker, you write for The Federalist, you've written uh, three books, and your website is HelenRaleighSpeaks.com, right? Yes. And uh, so you have... Do you have links to all the pieces that you've been writing for The Federalist and you've got your books there and everything? Yes, people can find all my books and most of the articles. And by the way, I should announce that uh, I have a new article on the National Review, this uh, this month's issue oh of National Review. Gosh, that's awesome. And you've been in the Wall Street Journal. So what's the article in National Review? Well, it's about uh, immer- uh, immigrant experience to support the market economy. Uh, so I shared my immigration experience as well as as an entrepreneur. Start how how did I start the Red Metal Advisors and how did I s- support women to find financial freedom? Okay, well that's great. HelenRaleighSpeaks.com. That's yes. HelenRaleighSpeaks.com. And we have an announcement. Steve, are you ready? Helen Raleigh will be speaking at the Stand for Colorado rally that is four to five thirty uh, next Friday. Uh, May 10th on the west steps of the Capitol. And then there are concurrent uh, um, uh, Stanford, Colorado rallies out in Grand Junction, Alamosa, Gunnison, others to be announced. But Helen Raleigh will be also one of our speakers. I'm so thrilled. 
I'm glad to hear it. I mean, you've already got a, an impressive uh, cast. Uh, not cast, that's the right word. Word. You see where this no coffee thing has taken me? <laughs> I can totally see that, Steve. Thank you. He's not totally himself this morning, is he's, he? He's not, but he's hanging on there. He's hanging on there, that's for sure. So, Okay, Helen, I'm so excited. You will be there next week as well. I've got some other surprises we'll be announcing next week as well. So, Thank you. I'm awesome. looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. So uh, before we jump into this conversation regarding AOC and Amazon, there is something that is just really near and dear, dear to your heart that you wanted to talk about, and that is uh, like an Angel Parents Day. Yeah, I, it just idea came to me because of the Mother's Day is right around corner mm-hmm. next week. Um, but there is an inconvenient truth in our life that not every parents get to celebrate a Mother's Day mm-hmm. with their children um, because many people lost their children mm-hmm. uh, either due to pregnancy or infant death or uh, you know, like young teen suicide, you mm-hmm. know, accidents. So this is a time while we celebrate Mother's Day with leaving children. So this is a time we should also keep in mind that there are many moms who are angel moms um, because their children are angel now. So it's time to call your attention to this inconvenient truth and think about what are the things we can do for this special group of moms. You know, and Helen, it's interesting that you would mention that. You know, I do so much work with my World War II project. And uh, the guy that I or interviewed, um, let's see, and it will be the week after Mother's Day, will be his uh, interview. He was first wave of Omaha Beach uh, during D-Day. And interestingly enough, his particular boat, there were 30 guys on there, they got caught on a sandbar or something. So they didn't make it to the, the beach. And so he said, I think that saved my life. Because he said 96% of his company was either killed or they were injured. And I stepped back and I thought about it. You know, these were just young guys. Yeah. And uh, so to that point, there was, there was a bunch of moms there that, you know, their sons were not yes. there for that next Mother's Day. And I, I hadn't really thought about that until, you know, you and, I, you and I started this conversation. Right. And our society really have a cultural stigma to talk about uh, the death of young people and, and infant especially uh, because, you know, it's just something violated the natural order, right? We should bury our children. We, we should be buried by our children, not the other way around. Yeah. When something like this terrible things happen, we don't know how to talk about it, and we don't really understand the grief. We think it's just something momentarily, you know, it should pass. People should move on. Um, from a few months or a few years later, but there's no moving on. When you lost a child, you know. It, there's a big hole in your future because you had planned. It's always there. Yeah, it's always there. And every day, every moment, you're walking into that future without your child, you know, with a big hole in your future. So it's something stays with you. And as a friend and a love, a love uh, you know, people who care as family and friends, if we know some people, you know, you care that lost a child, you know, Keep checking in with them, knowing that the grief is always there, the pain of loss is always there, and especially on special occasions like Mother's Day or Father's Day, you know, special days that really triggering for them to remind what they have lost. Mm-hmm. You know, be gentle with them, reaching out to them, whether we have a National Angel Parents Day or not. It's it's something to bring attention to this special group of people. Well, and I think that uh, Eve, you know, it would be, I think, great to have an angel, uh, Parent. Angel's Parents' Day. Um, however, just as friends, uh, if we know that there is a loss in a, in a friend's life, um, 
you know, I think reaching out, as you say, just a, maybe a little text, say, hey, thinking of you today. Yes. It's the little things in life that really matter. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, one thing, one thing you can do is, uh, and your parents, even though their children's not here with them, they're still counting the milestones, you know, on their birth, on their child's birthdays or the day, you know, there's about due dates, all those other things. So as a good friend, the easy question you can ask is, you know, when was your child's birthday? And on that birthday every year, just send a text to say, I'm thinking about you and your child, mention their child's name. That means a word to the parents. To, to name the name. To I name the that, names and remember their birthday. I think that that really, and so that's just something that each of us can do in a, as Mother's Day is coming up. If we, if we have a friend that we know that, uh, uh, you know, uh, is suffering a loss, their child has passed on, then it's a great thing to just reach out to them. Now, I'm going to do something very dangerous. I'm going to, today with Steve with no coffee, I'm actually going to ask to go to break early and I'm hoping that that we're going to get to do that, Steve. Is that a possibility? Okay, we're going to go to break early so that we can actually focus on this conversation regarding AOC and Amazon in this whole last last segment. So we'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person. And children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, May 3rd, features will include Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto FireGuard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com, and also uh, go to stanfordcolorado.com regarding our big rally next week at the Capitol. Be there, be square. Helen Raleigh, you're going to be there. I will be there. Talking about immigration. Yes, absolutely. So, but uh, I am, I'm excited to have this conversation. We were having lunch a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made the statement, I actually agree with uh, AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez regarding uh, saying no to all these um, 
government or these uh, incentives and tax tax breaks for Amazon. And I said, I just don't think it's fair that uh, they give these uh, tax breaks and um, incentives. incentives to Amazon, but they don't give it to the little guy. And you challenged me. Yes, because the key, the word we use is very important to analyze this issue. What Amazon, the government, New York City and New York State did not give anything to Amazon, okay? Because all they agree was that uh, the three billion dollar tax incentive package that the AOC and the um, protest was it was ten billion. Uh, ten billion. It was, it was ten billion, billion, but they then they were supposed to the the package. Oh, th- they say they're going to generate ten billion dollars in revenue, yeah. and they're going to get three billion back. You're right. Right. So, so the tax incentive is really is really tied to Amazon's. You know, the revenues they are going to generate, as well as the employment employment opportunities they are going to create, the jobs they're going to create. It's it's not about a give, because the government has nothing to give. In order for government, they can only redistribute. So in order for them to redistribute, they first have to take. They have to take it from individual. They have to take it from corporation. So in Amazon's case, New York City and New York State agree to take less. They agree to take $3 billion less from Amazon in exchange for Amazon to move the headquarters to New York, second headquarters to New York, New York City. So that's the key differences between why words. We're, yeah between the words and the words matters right the give when you see, when AOC and her supporters say you know the government should not give Amazon well I agree government should not give Amazon anything but in this particular deal the government give Amazon gives Amazon nothing they just agree to take less from Amazon and that's a key difference and that's where you really challenge me because I used AOC's words and because my experience on on uh, Lone Tree City Council, what I saw was in different economic development packages, what they do is, and I use the word, they give the the big corporations, the breaks, the little guy over here still has to pay full fare. And and so changing the language, and I think you're you're right on this, uh, Helen, is they uh, the government agrees to take less from Amazon, but they still take more from the little guy. Right. And that's unfair. You know, under the idea of the American idea, Everyone is to be treated equally. Now, they do this under the guise of economic development. They say, oh, this is going to bring in jobs. And uh, the implication is, and, and they, they put this figure out, this is going to generate X for our community. But I'm not sure the little guy really sees it. He's continuing to pay full fare. You know, here in Colorado, there's something called business personal property tax. I'm not sure people understand that. You know, you pay your property taxes, but businesses have to also pay tax, like a property tax on, say, if you have a pizza parlor, parlor on the oven, on the tables, on the chairs, every year they have to pay a tax on that. Right. And that's astounding. And so what, what we've seen, though, is under the guise of economic development, and we have people that are being paid, government employees that are being mm-hmm. paid for, quote-unquote, economic development, they work out these deals where the bigger corporations might not have to pay as much of their business personal property tax, but yet the little guy over here has to. And that is just not fair. I agree with you. It's not a fair situation. And but to address that unfairness is not to offer big corporations something we do not offer to the small small guys. So the so the way to address that is instead of punishing the big business, we should uh, as a taxpayers we should demand that the government to give to cut basically cut taxes 
you know, cut business taxes for every yeah for everybody. If some if if a tax incentive package, is, if a government can take less from Amazon. They can take less from the cleaner, dry cleaners, you know, around the corner. They can take less from the Chinese restaurant, you know, down the street. To me, yes. So that's why sometimes it's very difficult to start to have a, a rational debate with the left about certain issues because it's always half truth baked in a wrong idea. And this is especially visible with AOC. She tends to have a very childish understanding of a situation. Then she comes up with a very childish solution. And it's really surprising. She's actually got an economic degree from, you know, Boston University. Ever paid for that, she get their money back. <laughs> well, but, but still, so, so, so when we took, going back to Amazon, New York State has the highest, the highest combined personal property tax burden and the state and local exercise tax burden in all 50 states, right? So you cannot blame Amazon from a business standpoint. By the way, I am a shareholder, so I totally support them for demanding the government to take less from them. But but what I also agree is that it's an unfair situation because the small businesses like the dry cleaners, the restaurant owners in New York, New York City, New York State, they don't get to have that kind of negotiation power. So in order for New York State, New York City to be more fair to all the businesses, especially small businesses, because in the United States, small businesses are responsible. You're talking about economic development. Small businesses are responsible for over three quarters of the job employment opportunities. So if you really, as an official, city official, state official, you want to create more jobs, support small business. So the way to do it, to make this more fair, is to cut the taxes for everybody. Right, and cut the regulations. Take less. And another thing I wanted to talk about, though, is, and we see this in Colorado, and in some ways I'm very concerned, um, because when you have government coming in and picking these winners and losers, it can be good for a while. You can have all these, you know, favorable economic numbers, you know, job growth, wage growth, those kinds of things. But if it's not built on a strong foundation, ultimately it's going to collapse. And that's why when government starts picking winners and losers, ultimately you you see that in Detroit. Mm -hmm. You know, you saw with the whole big union town, you know, what, 50 years ago, Detroit was was the jewel of of prosperity. And, And then it's gone through a very difficult time. And I submit to you it's because of government policy, picking winners and losers instead of, you know, let, like letting a free economy work out. But so you bring these big cor- corporations in and uh, they and they say they're going to create all these jobs. But think about that. They create all these jobs, but that puts pressure on uh, our roads and our bridges and traffic congestion and our our schools. And so there's costs that will be born from that. And again, you're you're looking over at your your little guys, your your dry cleaners and your restaurant and all, and they still have to uh, you know pay those taxes that all these things are affecting their businesses. Yes, so that that's why I'm really not a big fan of a government-led business economic development, you know, so-called task forces things like that. I think if you have a free market, if you have low taxes, if you have fewer regulations to stranglehold the business development, good entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs will come in on their own. They, they do not necessarily need an incentive package to, to come in if, if they see the business environment is right for them. I do, also, I do want to go back to the Amazon deal because there's something we should also point out. Many times when the government jump in to pick winners and losers, all the, the winners in those deals are not necessarily the business, the big, not even the big businesses, but the 
um, partition supporters like the unions. So if you go back to the Amazon deal, among this $3 billion package, about 500 million of them come in the, in, in the form of a capital grant. The reason there's a capital grant that's associated with uh, cost development for building the headquarter buildings and stuff is because the uh, New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, demanded Amazon they have to hire union workers to build their headquarters. As we all know, union workers tend to be more expensive and they tend not to keep on the schedule. And so the project involved with union workers tend to, you know, delay and go over budget. And so what Amazon did was basically say, you know what, if you're going to force us to hire union workers, you pay them. Andrew Kumo said, okay. So basically, Andrew Kumo basically said, well, I will give you $500 million in terms of grant to cover capital cost development. So what Amazon basically is like an agent. They take $500, they get $500 million from the government and they pass on to the union workers that Andrew Kumo want them to hire. And the union workers turn around and support Democrats like Andrew Kumo's. So this is a corruption. Well, and the other thing that, that that does is that increases the cost of labor for yes. all these little businesses that we were just talking about. Exactly. And and then the other thing you were talking about is the whole political ramifications, scratching one's back and how the money uh, worked on that. And and that's the other thing. You look at the players on this, Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo um, Bill, uh, Mayor de, de Blasio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they um, they certainly know how to work this system. And they do it with taxpayer dollars, really. Right. And the you know, we really should focus on the democratic corruption. And I, I don't know if you heard that the, the uh, Baltimore mayors just got resigned. I because, saw that. Right. So when we talk about those deals, you know, I, I do resign, uh, resign the fact that the big business, you know, tend to play those games along, play those games along. I wish they have more integrity. And, you know, I wish they speak up more on behalf of the little, little, little guys. Um, but at the same time, you know, from their standpoint, they're doing this for the shareholders, right? If they can save money for their shareholders, if they do have the market power to sway, they will use it. So for us as a influencer uh, for public opinions, we need to be careful for the words we use and to help people really understand what the issues are. Because right now, the, when Amazon pulled out of New York City, the biggest losers are the working people in in, in New York City. Because it ultimately comes out of their pocket. Exactly. It comes out of their pocket one way or another. And they lost, but most important, they lost this great opportunity to have high paying jobs and all the trainings they need to move into the digital economy. They lost, you know, 20, they are the biggest loser. They lost 25,000 high paying jobs. And they actually, that's why when the initial deal announced, 70% of New Yorkers actually support, support this deal. It's the politicians who, for their own, you know, selfish, selfish interest, reject this deal. They pushed a good American company out. Well, and ultimately, though, if people are, are in support of Amazon coming in and creating 25,000 jobs, Amazon should do that under a free market situation instead of government, you know, doing these incentives and tax breaks. And so what that would mean is the, let's lower... Amazon's taxes in, in all by $3 billion. And, but let's also lower the taxes and regulations for the little restaurant, the, uh, the dry, dry cleaner. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's eliminate that and bring that down about 30% as well. And you know what would happen? This economy would truly take off. New York's economy would truly take off if they started to do that kind of stuff.
Oh, absolutely. So instead of focus on cutting taxes for one company, offer special incentive for one company, the New York State really should just focus on how can they reduce their tax for overall for everybody. And once they do that, they don't need to offer special incentive package. I mean, New York, New York City is a great city. You know, they, they, it has many things to offer. You know, if they reduce the regulation, cut the tax burdens for business and individuals, people will come. But they lose their control. So. Yes, now, if you can remember this, I didn't get the whole thing written down, but th- there was a great takeaway. You said something about half-baked ideas in, do you remember what you said? It was socialism is half-baked ideas in... We're going to have to go back and find that, have to Steve. Go back, find it, that. I mean, it was brilliant. And Steve's like, we need to have, you know, make sure that we talk about our takeaways. That's a great takeaway. We'll have to find that. Well, I do want to add one takeaway is that politicians rarely go to, politician, politicians will go to jails if they uh, make fraud or money, but they never go to jails for wasting our taxpayers' money. We need to find a way to hold them accountable for wasting taxpayers' money. Well, and it should be at the voting booth. So, hey, our quote from today is a young guy, Dave Rubin, American libertarian political commentator. He said, classical liberalism, classic, classical liberalism is the idea that individual freedom and limited government are the best way for humans to form a free society. I like that. I like that. Okay. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.